Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview, Great Falls, offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. Coming to you live from the Cross Country Mortgage Campus in Berea, Ohio, this is Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by BallyBet, now live in Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Here are your hosts, Bo Bishop and Nathan Zagura. All right, let's do it live on a Thursday edition of Cleveland Browns Daily. I am merely Bo. He is the great Gibbe. Boy, I'm in a great mood, Gibby. It is sun-kissed in Northeast Ohio. The sun is out. It's a bluebird day. How are things back in Hellscape, Indy? Uh, I, I, we don't have the ice, I, I believe. Didn't you have an ice storm this morning? I don't know. My wife said something woke her up. I, I don't know. I was fine. My, my wife was like 71 is shut down. 90 had some closings. No. I'm fine Uno on the east side. Uno, living my best life. idea what you're doing here? How about this so I can hear myself? Little Uno. There we go. Little Uno. He's out there trying. Uno, I wrote it down for you. I wrote it down. I scripted it out for you exactly. Uh, what pot is what? Come on, Smalls. He's sprinting around making things happen. I, I, I want you to know. Yeah. Have you ever heard of the lemon drop shot? You're like you, you need a fun little shot. You're like, I oh, hey, here's the, a lemon. Here's a lemon drop. It seems like something that I remember lady friends doing when I was in the collegiate times, and then maybe right after. Um, I, I couldn't tell, I feel like vodka's involved, but I, it is. I, okay. I only do shots of tequila. That's all I do. Um, and so uh, everything else I'm terrified of, I don't like the sweet aspect of it. So give me a lemon drop. What am I looking at here? I, I'm not sure other than vodka and okay. there's something else in it. Oh God. Um, oh, I'm a lensic. but I, I'm going to tell you this. The, the lemon drop is a shot. Yeah. It is a shot. Okay. Our guy, Uno, we're at high velocity. We're at the JW Sports Bar. It is a who's who. Yeah. I look over at the bar, and Uno is holding court. What? And I mean, mean, holding court with members of other teams. (laughs) He comes back, and it's – it is like – I think Fila said it best. It's a – it's a martini glass that's like – it's like a half a martini yeah. glass. Yeah. It is a glass, though. It is a large glass. Okay. And it is full, full of, of a lemon drop. Okay. It's a lemon drop martini. That's a real so thing. So, I'm going to stand this up This guy's for, sucking down lemon drops like gonna it's gonna a stand drink. Up for, I'm going to stand up for Uno for just a second in this one aspect of this, and I'm going to admonish him in another aspect. Perfect. So, a lemon, there is a lemon drop martini. That That is true. That's it's, what he just said. It's a sweet and sour. It's, it, you get a little triple sec in that. There's a fresh lemon juice. Uh, there's usually like a, a, a sugar that is usually rimming the glass or something like that. Um, that's typically what you see. It is not something, I would say, that is typically ordered and consumed by 
buy a buy an Uno. That would not be like, – if he was going to have something out of a martini glass, a Manhattan or a martini would be the two things that would be more in line. Um, there, It is typically, though, you see a lemon drop shot. It is rarely that you see a lemon drop cocktail. And so he he ordered the cocktail and he was parading around. Cocktail. <laughs> couple cocktails. Well, God, let him live. Who gets hurt? I, I, That's unbelievable. He was, living, he was having a great time. He was having a great time. What a tremendous order out of him. It, it was a tremendous order. Yeah. Um, Griff was getting all wild and crazy. He had two Pepsis and three waters. How many milkshakes did he get on DoorDash? Did you have a milkshake last night? Um, I could tell you that Uno DoorDashed when we got back, and I believe the remainder of the DoorDash is still in his backpack. That's correct. You're hauling it home? <laughs> well, I ordered it last night and then <laughs> fell asleep before I got a chance to eat it. So didn't want to waste the money bringing it with me today. So what do I even dare ask what food would that would be fresh last night on a DoorDash that would somehow still be fresh this that afternoon? That it has not been in a fridge or anything else. It since. doesn't feel good. I feel like you, that could lead to food poisoning, Uno. You should probably see a doctor. <laughs> he hasn't eaten it yet. It's still yeah, in his Yeah, I wouldn't. I think you're fine. I think you're, I wouldn't. I'd stay away from it if it has not been refrigerated. I would stay away from that. So Zakura and I leave, and this is what happens. Uno's running around with lemon drops, ordering DoorDash that he's packing in his backpack. Yeah, that's a day. We got a we got a four and a half hour drive home, and luckily I can't smell anything in life, so I'm good there. But mine was pretty good. I um I did have the uh, so I I supercharged in. I got to Columbus. I supercharged in Columbus and. They had a uh, – there was – at the new supercharger out by Polaris is right across the street from a Waffle House. So Did I had you go not, to Waffle House? I have not had Waffle House in 20 years, um, and I'm, it's staring at me just golden yellow. I'm like, God, how can I turn it down? I, give me some scattered and smothered and whatever hash browns. Like, that feels like a win. So I sidle right in there. Um, I order my have had just, that on the bingo card. Just belly up. I just bellied up right to the bar there at the Waffle House. I thought it was also early enough in the day that there wouldn't be too much tomfoolery going around, and it was you know it's six o'clock, so it was fine. Um, there were a couple of loud patrons, but that's to be expected. That's in the brochure. Um, I got to tell you, it was delicious. It was absolutely really? delicious. Yeah, hash browns, scattered, smothered. I can't remember what it was, but it was it was it was cheese, onions, uh, mushrooms. Something else, and then I just went Tabasco, salt and pepper, heaven. I mean, so good. Just crushed it with the Waffle House. As good as I remember. Really? Now I didn't order. Normally, my order back in the day would have been that with like an egg, and then I would have put get would have gotten the waffle, like the pecan waffle. But that just seemed, you know, at my age, that would have taken me two weeks to be able to pass through the system. I think. <laughs> so I sat. We we were literally talking about Waffle House this morning, and I'm like. I don't know if I've been to a Waffle House and actually eaten a waffle. If you like, do, do the, the pecan waffle is amazing. Like if you, okay, <laughs> really good if you All do right. that. Yeah, but no, normally yeah. it's not. You eat the other stuff, like the the patty melts and the all that stuff. Yeah, I, and, yeah. and Uno was talking about because we were at breakfast at the uh, at the place where we were staying. Yeah, and we were like, what's missing? A waffle maker. Waffle. Like waffle. one of those, like you just, you pour it in, you flip the sure. uh, the, the cooker over, and then it dings, and you flip it back. and That's right. You, hey. you take the waffle out. Because I'm not going to lie, the the breakfast was outstanding on Monday, uh-huh. and it has been a downward spiral yeah. since. I got nervous. I went down there Tuesday morning 
Yes. And or was it Wednesday morning? My days are. It was. I think Wednesday. it was yesterday morning. I went down there. They did have the eggs still yesterday, right? Did memory? Do I have that right? I don't think so. Yeah, they, I think yesterday it was, was the, like a quiche or something. Oh, that's a rough call. So the egg, the egg. Now yeah. I was up a long well, before it. you guys on Tuesday. Um, I, I was down there like right whenever it opened, like six thirty or whatever. And I was, I always get a little nervous when I see the eggs, the scrambled egg, like it within water. I yeah. don't. Need to, I understand that how they cook them, but like, I don't know. I like to have a little bit of a drier egg. So, um, so I did. I got pass you it. on that. I think any time if you if you go with a, a scrambled egg at a restaurant thing and then you have some sort of hash brown because then you can hot sauce it and salt and pepper that's the win that's the breakfast that's the breakfast buffet that you're looking for my friend did you guys yeah, get to it, did you guys get to Elmo's for lunch No we did not get to Elmo's for lunch one job. No 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 wait dude, we've been a little busy here this morning Oh for crap. we had a, we had to tape a couple of interviews. There was some podium stuff going on. Who was at the podium? We're just trying to pack up stuff. Players, we got we got players at oh, podiums, like, like prospects. Yeah, and you know we we got to help out the league. Everybody that's at Media Rail has to do certain tasks to help, like whether oh, it's transcripts league. or recording stuff. Uh-huh. Or everybody's got it has to have a couple assignments, and that way you I can share you. everything. Sure. So when we draft someone, we can go back and we can pull their presser and all that I stuff. See. So I see. Okay. So it, and it's and it's our getaway day. So we're trying to pack everything up and yeah. get everything squared away. Um, the good news was about twenty minutes before the show, this gentleman comes around the corner and he's I wearing a tuxedo, coming. and he has a tray of shrimp cocktails. Good. They have I like love their own social that. media people, yep. and they're like, would you guys like this? I go, everybody stand up. Everybody get in this. We're all doing this together. Because I I am, I am, believe I was the only one that has ever had a uh, shrimp cocktail from St. Elmo's. From St. – yeah. Yeah. Well, so everybody, Kelsey, Fila, Griff, Uno, Chris, This was myself. virgin experience for all of them. All of them. Oh, boy. All of them. Did they do I, a typical so, Elmo's, or was it not? The shrimp is loaded. Yeah. Like, there's one shrimp. There's one shrimp. Oh, they just, give, the, you just like, give you the one. On the little plate. Okay. But it is smothered. Smothered being the word of the day. How smart were the browns. kids on the how to take that in? Well, I promptly proceed to say, now, like, they're filming this. I promptly proceed to say, you want to take a small bite. That's you right. don't want to go big here. No. Like, that horseradish can come back, and then you're not tasting anything, you're not no. smelling anything, or you could just almost die like Bishop did at a, at dinner a couple of years ago. True story, Shook. It almost happened. Like we had to like slam him on the back to like like get him to stop coughing. Oh, I almost it was, went. It, yeah. it was bad. The guy in the tuxedo goes, huh. "I mean, you could do that, but." The Bears crew around the corner, I mean, they had no problem taking the whole thing down. Well, now at this point. Now it's a man. Griff now we're and Tequila man are and like, woman we're going out. all the way now. We can't oh, let God, this happen. God. I'm like, I don't. I think this is a very bad idea. I, yeah. I'm not doing I'm not doing this. No. Uh-uh. Go ahead and then demasculate me all you want. Sure. I fine. need to be able to taste food four yeah. days from now. Yeah. Well, it hits. And, and Uno's like. I don't really like horseradish. I'm like, well, get, same for you. get ready. Buckle up. But he's in. He, 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 he did it. He pulled it off. The two just throw the whole thing down the gullet. 
and it was like a it, the first thirty seconds. I was like, if this gets worse, we're gonna have a problem. I don't know about the live stream, and I don't know about you know I don't know what's gonna happen here. Uh, they're both coughing, their eyes are water, and they're like, holy. I'm like, yeah, I'm aware of the situation. Oh, that's great. Um, but it, they rallied. All of a yeah. sudden, they're like, all right. It's like a, kind of a cooling yeah. sensation, and it's feeling better. And Everybody enjoyed it. I was like, everybody got a little shrimp cocktail. So like we, we worked out great. That's great. So they got it, so that's a win, and, and away you go, and then you'll drive home. Exactly. Um, we had Iarias last night. We had some fantastic uh, Italian. There you go. Um, it was so good. good. Had a it's few quiet things. over there, isn't it? I mean, I was looking this morning like there's nothing newsy that I saw. So Uno and I were putting together the rundown, and we both kept saying there is nothing going on at this combine no, from a news standpoint. Like we're all just in a holding pattern if Justin Fields is going to get traded or not. No, I don't recall one like it. I mean, I was this morning, obviously, I was doing my morning works and, and I'm looking at and I'm like, well, let's do a segment. Let's do a segment or two and kind of update everything that's that's happened over in Indy. And there really wasn't anything new. Like the big no. stuff happened Monday. Um, you know, our, our guys, our, Andrew A.B., so, you know, kind of sold it. He kind of said everything out loud on Tuesday. So by yesterday, when Coach had spoken about all of those things, it was just stuff that was already out there from A.B., yeah, there wasn't I mean, much that, there. We had the you, Denzel maneuver yesterday, but everything else is quiet. It's been very quiet, and I think it's been quiet across the league. I mean, seems like it. We, I've got a couple like the ten top takeaways from the first couple of days of the combine, and I'm like, I think we might talk about three or four of these. Yeah, it's. Quiet. <laughs> I don't think we're even going to talk about all ten because it's the, not really that big a deal. Don't you think the Bears thing kind of is the? I felt like that on Tuesday morning. I felt it like it honestly Monday night when we went to dinner and just talking to people, and then throughout Tuesday and even yesterday, like everyone's just kind of waiting on that. Yeah. Like once that happens, whatever that's going to be, then everyone can kind of have a reaction to that action. Cause right now it's, it is, it's a, it's a holding pattern in terms of yeah. the, the roster movement and shuffling. It just hasn't happened. Yeah, exactly. So, I, I mean, that's, that, there's not a lot. It, it's very quiet. Now re, media row is still pretty packed, which yeah. I was surprised by. Cause I thought today okay. would be a big moving day. It sounds like starting tonight and then tomorrow morning everybody's out. Is there how many of how many are teams and how many are like still remaining of like the media? There's more radio here than I thought. Is, would be. Yeah, there was more in it yesterday. I noticed. Like yeah, Nashville there, there, had a couple of stations um, and. Yeah, there's an Asheville radio station here, which I did not have on the card. Ohio. Uh, Asheville, North Carolina. Oh, Ashland, Ohio. Asheville, North Carolina. Asheville. What would they be jumping onto like? Is that Titans football? Carolina, maybe? or I don't know the geography of North Carolina well. It's a hole in my resume. <laughs> we could be Not way sure. off. I don't know where it is. I don't know if it's near, like, Charlotte or if it's – could be anywhere. could be near Atlanta. I, I, I have no I idea. Don't, I don't really know the yeah. answer to this. I don't know. I've never um, been. Yeah, but there are definitely – I mean, there, there's, there's, there's a number – you can definitely tell there's empty tables and, yeah. and yeah. people that, have, that are done for the week. But um, – it will be – I think you'll be able to count on two hands tomorrow the number of people that are still here at Media Row. Yeah, I think Asheville. Whoa. Asheville, two hours from Charlotte. Pretty aggressive. So they're probably Panthers people. <laughs> it's very aggressive out of Uno. Almost as aggressive as waddling around with that lemon drop last night. And his, was he in his though. suit jacket? No. He, <laughs> he wasn't a button-down. Well, good. Was, good. They were dressed accordingly. Good. You got to be. Hey, yeah. um, this was – the coolest damn thing, uh, the great Jim Donovan ringing the bell. 
um, yep. and his cancer treatments are over. Um, obviously, Jim is near and dear to us, and a not only just as the voice and the job he does there, but what he means to us personally, and and I know you, Gibby, personally, and and this show. I mean, like yeah. that's some of the most fun that I ever have is anytime he's on and want to know how the ponies are doing. So the ponies are going to have uh, Daddy's home, and he's done with cancer treatments, and and that's uh, that's and that was a wood. tremendous. Very, yeah, knock on, very, very knock, cool. Yeah, knock on wood, everything will be good. So I reached out to him probably about 4.30 yesterday, and I was like, if I'm doing the math right in my head, again, public school kid, yeah, I'm thinking today is the last day. Or my, do I have that? And he sent me that video. And it oh, was that's beautiful. It was awesome. Couldn't be happier for him and his family, his wife Cheryl, his daughter Megan, um, and, and couldn't be happier for him. I know the last few weeks have been a little tough, um, but you know, he's a pro and you never know it. So yes. he, he guts through it and, uh, we are done with the treatments and now we, you know, hopefully everything is good and stays that way for quite some time to come. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome stuff. And, and he's just the best. He simply is the best provided yep. some of the most magical moments this year were, where he was directly involved with. Um, all right. We've got a lot to get to on the program today. We have a, we have a Z Carucci reunion bomb i mean it's story time with uncle vic is what we have for you it is, is pretty but great. it's actually pretty, pretty really great. good because vic not takes surprised you, yeah vic takes you behind the curtain uh on the whole hall of fame voting yeah. and you know some of the big picture stuff he can't go into a lot of detail but he talks about the, the whole thing with hester and special teams and and then it's a breakdown of our new uh oc ken dorsey and nice. talking about the bills talking about the browns the league in general, it He's it just, is a bomb. It's a love fest, but it is a bomb. Vic's just been around so long and has so many different angles. That, I mean, he's worked for from the news side of it. He's worked for teams. He's done yeah. everything. So he has every angle of it covered. So you have that to look forward to. Uh, Kelsey Russo, is this her debut? On CBD, it is. I think it's her Cleveland Browns Daily debut. It is. So we're going to have that. She did a radio network uh, spot in the, in the middle of the season and just wanted okay. to let her get her feet wet uh, on the in the season stuff and just, you know, figure – she joined in progress, and it was on the treadmill at a 10 incline, I feel like. <laughs> so uh, she's, she's been here all week, and she'll And join she's us. got Jordan Reed later of yes. ESPN. So draft yep. analyst Jordan Reed will join her a little bit later in the program. Uh Nick Shook is going to join us from uh, Radio Row coming up in about a half hour from now, um, and and so there you go. So we'll 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 put this thing into perspective. Uh, take a look at some of the big takeaways. As I mentioned, I think probably the biggest takeaway is a qu- very quiet combine. That's yes. the, you know, and I understand. The other thing you got to remember, Gibby, is like it's kind of two combines, right? Because you're you're talking about you, you have this part where the coaches and general managers talk, but like the players haven't gotten on the field. That happens tonight. Yeah, for the first time. There's actually some happening now, I believe. Okay, so it's already rolling. Yeah, I, okay. I think NFL Network coverage starts at 3 o'clock. Our good friend Chris Rose will be anchoring that. Yeah. So, yeah. But I, I believe there's already they've already started some drills on the field here. Okay, so. all right. So that now this second part is going to pick up, and uh, we'll, we'll see. You'll be curious like how those – so the first three quarterbacks are not throwing. So yeah. Williams, May, and Daniels are not throwing, but the next Great. three are. So that would be McCaffrey, uh, McCarthy, rather, Knicks, and Penix. 
So if there are six first-round quarterbacks, the other three are throwing, and we'll we'll see how those guys do. Um, but but it all kind of centers around what the Bears do and what their timeline kind of is on how they handle the quarterback situation. All right, Kelsey going to join us next. Going to get a recap on what she learned from um, from our general manager, from our head coach. And we're off and running. You'll listen to Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN. Hey, Doug Gottlieb here to tell you the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making the now perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new Toyota truck, like a rugged half-ton Tundra. Workhorse by nature, powerhouse by design, the Tundra combines the raw capability with premium comfort and advanced tech to fuel your wildest adventures. With the available iForce Max hybrid powertrain, you can take electrifying horsepower further than ever before or check out the fully redesigned tacoma delivering trail dominating power and captivating style the new tacoma was born to make your off-roading dreams come true with new available tech this legendary truck is getting even better when you buy a toyota truck you buy toyota dependability meaning your truck will hold its value long into the future so visit your local toyota dealer and check out the amazing national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com toyota Let's go places. Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by BallyBet, now live in Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. And it's Bo here for my great friends at James B. Beam Distilling Company. Booker knows vision for Knob Creek was to have the embodiment of full flavored American whiskey through age proof and flavor, create a product that sets the standard and Knob Creek has done that it is a champion for those who stay true to their craft, know what they like, don't feel the pressure to conform now through April 30th. Don't forget to take advantage of the Knob Creek steak rebate. So you get a rebate when you buy a Knob Creek bourbon plus a steak. Just upload a picture of your receipts to KnobCreekSteakRebate.com. They'll send you 20 bucks right to your Venmo account. Must be 21 to participate. See full terms and conditions at KnobCreekSteakRebate.com. Knob Creek Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey, 50% alcohol by volume. 2024 James B. Beam Distilling Company, Claremont, Kentucky. Knob Creek, drink what tastes right. All right, as we uh, head back to the Combine over in Indianapolis, Kelsey Russo joining us, staff writer here. Um, first Combine for you, right? Very first Combine, yes. It's been very fun and kind of cool to see it all actually in action, um, as I've heard about it over, over the years. So it's cool to be here. And you were, prior to joining us, you were covering the Cavs with The Athletic, and so you had been around the NBA world and, and seen how all-star games happen and those type of things. I always tell people when they ask Kels, it's hard to understand how big the NFL feels to everybody else and how small it feels when you get to Indy because the whole league is in, what, like a five, two-square-mile radius for a week? It was just wild, yeah, and you just run into people as you're walking through the convention center, you're going to dinner or just at your hotel, and everybody is here. And I think that's a really cool aspect of it, though. Of, it does feel smaller and feels more – like you get to know people from around the league and, and make connections and everything. And it's, so that's like the really cool opportunity about it for, for us is like also getting to see the prospects, but being able to do the, to network and, and be a part of it as well. Hi. 
Thank you, man. I guess I'm talking. You just well, you me. had a headset on, so I. It's, I mean, I'm no, watching. No. I'm here. You're there. You're it looked fine. like you were eager. You, <laughs> no, I can no, do no, the no. whole. I, we can do it all. We can. Have, I just no, thought no, we'd have no, a three no, conversation. No. Um, I was, did I was, you? I was letting you go. So did you I mean, have? Did have you? Did, did you get to see Gibby in his action? Have you seen his lurking? How he lurks on guests? Have you know, seen I, that? I haven't. I haven't had to lurk a lot this week. I know. I was disappointed. You were, well, you had only had Zagura for a day, so you like you had to really get a lot of it done at one time. Like, did you have to lurk Chris, Chris Sims at all? No, I reached out to Chris in advance. He saw me coming from a mile away on, <laughs> on Tuesday. He was like, "I know, Gibbs. I know. I Just know. come get me." That's so I'm great. like, okay, what about this time? He goes, do we have to do it today? I go, yeah, Zagura's only here today. It has to be. It has to yeah, be Yeah, because he's got obligations. And yeah. He's, he's living he's his He's on assignment. Life. He's on a, sure it's he a, it's a good assignment, to be fair. It's a very, very good assignment. I was hoping for rain all week, but I don't think I want to do that. <laughs> you know, for I, the people he's playing with. No, I don't think you should wish for that at all. No, uh, Kelsey, not at all. What did you make of uh, – what what ju- let's go back to AB's uh, availability first, and we'll get to Kevin's. Um, what did you make of of AB and some of the choices? Obviously, the headlines were back to the Greenbrier, the the dual practices with the with the Vikings. What are some of the things that stood out and, and were noteworthy to you? Yeah, I mean, obviously, those two things. You know, starting off with um, the joint practices because it's the fourth consecutive year that they've done them. So I think it's a really um, it was a big deal for them to talk about it here and um, say that they're they're wanting to host them, so they'll be in Berea and kind of what that means. So it's sort of, in a sense, running it back to how camp was last year in, mm-hmm. in preseason. So um, it's just kind of an interesting element. And uh, then to the green bar as well. And I think that made a whole lot of sense because guys talked about that. Literally, they bring it up so mm-hmm. organically throughout the season about just what the green bar meant to them. And I think they saw how good it was for team chemistry and bonding and just sp- like time they got to spend together. So um, I think everybody thought they were probably going back, but mm-hmm. having it be official that that's what is happening in the, this during training camp um, was was noteworthy. I think the other thing that AB talked about um, was that um, Deshaun's going to start throwing again in March, um, which I think is a big deal for fans and just kind of knowing his progress with his shoulder injury. And then um, the fact that Kevin and Ken Dorsey are going out to – LA to visit him next week, I think is a important step in the off season and like, you know, Ken getting to know Deshaun and them spending time together, see where he is and just kind of helping move this off season along. So, um, but I thought that from AB was, was pretty noteworthy to hear in front of the podium. So this kind of stood out to me. Bo Kelsey has not gone and had the Greenbrier experience. She had not started yet. She started in season. You and me the Wednesday both. before the first game. <laughs> <laughs> you, you and me both. Well, I'll give you – I mean, I've been to the Greenbrier before with my family, not with the team last year. Uh, it's a spectacular property. Um, I will say that it is pretty wildly colored in terms of the sides of the, the, the walls the and the flooring and, and the, the decor, decor. is yes. quite aggressive. Um, it is. So uh, <laughs> it's, a, it's a little – you've seen the movie Anchorman? Yes. Okay. It's a little bit like when Fantana brings out the cologne and he goes, it's quite repugnant. Like mm, sometimes okay. it starts out like you think, well, maybe I could handle this. But by like day four, you're like, my God, I feel like <laughs> I'm in the cat in the hat or something, man. It's crazy <laughs> uh, the way that it all goes out there. So um, no, but it, you get it. And you're right. I, I mentioned that to Kevin yesterday when we had him on the show, like, and every time organically, the guys would talk, they do that on their own. They just bring it up. You'd be like, how'd you get through all this? It was like, there was, there was something that was forged down there that traveled and it allowed for the success 
amidst incredible, incredible obstacles, um, you know, all season long. You, you mentioned the Deshaun part of it, and I knew that we tried, but I knew Kevin and AB, neither one was going to be, we're not going to pin him down to like, where's he at in all of this? But that's, that's really the offseason question. The rest of it is going to sort itself out. Like, they're going to be aggressive in free agency. We know that. They're going to be fine in the salary cap. We, we know that. They always are. They, they, we talked to AB on Tuesday, and he told Zagur and I, look, like, you know, I'm, I'm three years ahead is where he is on the cap. So they know what they're doing on all that. The one thing they can't control is the health and the ability to get back to what he was of number four. And that's, again, in a way, Kels, it's kind of, and I know you weren't with us last year, but it very much kind of feels like last season all over again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 100%. And it just raises a lot of questions. Of like, sure. And like you said, you can't control health. And, you know, they continually say that he's progressing, doing all the steps, and we've seen that. And I think that is what you have to rely on in this situation of just help, hoping that he continues to progress the way that he needs to and that when he's healthy and can come ba- and comes back – that he's able to produce the way that he needs to, that they saw in, you know, in Texas and why they traded for him in Houston um, and what they're hoping for when they when they got him here. You know, obviously, like, last season was obviously up and down, you know, with, like, dealing with the injury, but we yeah. saw moments where he was – he looked like who he was in Houston, and I think that's the hope that you get back to that point. Um, but I think they're – dedication to the way that they're you know going down to visit him and and his dedication to his rehab process is important and is it's good to know these things at this point in the off season so early because we have six months before training camp we have six months or yeah. more before um preseason and i would prefer more uh, yep same <laughs> i would prefer a lot it's gonna be here quick <laughs> yeah. it is gonna blink. be here yeah. very fast Don't yeah blink. um but Here's like all second. of that time is really good for him to just continually to take steps and so I think that's the hope is that he'll be there obviously by the time we get back from camp I I think the other big thing that needs to happen with the staff in addition to Ken Dorsey and and coach going out to meet with QB1 is Kevin Stefanski's got a brand new offensive staff Mm -hmm. (laughs) sure does I mean outside of Chad O'Shea I mean he's got a lot of new bodies Mm -hmm. and all of those bodies need to gel here over the next couple months. 100%. And I think it was cool that he meant, Kevin mentioned yesterday that, you know, the staff's out here. Obviously, they're here at the mm-hmm. combine. They're helping scout and everything. But they're also in meetings together. And I think that's yeah. really cool of they're spending this time, you know, they're really diligently working to rebuild, in, the, like in a sense, the offense, you know, from the run game to the pass game to yeah. all of the elements that are a part of this. And when you have so many different perspectives coming in with new coaches, you have to have that time together to really just to gel and to get on the same page and and figure out a way to build an offense that makes sense with your talent that you have. And I think it was cool that they're all here, not only scouting, but they're also um, working on what they want the offense to look like. And they're starting now and they have been doing so when, you know, back in Berea. Well, and you got when we when I had Kevin on yesterday, we were talking about that, and I I asked, look, he loves. He, it's not like he had an issue with the guys who were here. Right. He likes a lot of those guys, and still remains close. And it it wasn't that at all. But you could also see that there was some juice for him because he is a he's an information guy. He's a learning guy. He doesn't always never is going to sit on his laurels. And so when when I asked him the question about all these new faces and what can you learn from them, he kind of lit up. 
Mm-hmm. And, and you understand because you want to be inspired again. You want to hear new messages, new thoughts, new all of those things. And so I do think that, you know, he's two-time NFL coach of the year. Like, he's, he knows what he's doing. But at the same time, like, even somebody like that, you get some juice to hear some new ideas. Yeah, 100%. I think it just, yeah, it's a, it's a perspective. And, you know, it's maybe he has an idea, but then, you know, Ken or – deuce or somebody brings just like uh, they add a tidbit and then you find kind of a different angle a different wrinkle to your offense and there's just a way to to, you can tweak it that maybe you didn't think about because you didn't have that perspective so I think it's all it's all good things it's a really exciting time for them I think Um, and yeah like you said like they had they loved the staff that was here guys got opportunities other places Mm -hmm. which is great that's what you you want to see guys get their opportunity to coach and and move up and so you know now you build a staff and you build an offense that can take you where you want to go next year and and I think they have the pieces to do that which is really cool don't sleep on Tommy Reese either mm-hmm. um just talking to people in the college game like know a couple of guys who who st- when he was on the Notre Dame staff and um that dude has a smart mind man it's he was he was really good at Notre Dame he was really good last year at Alabama like Jalen Milrow was a guy who was benched earlier in the season, and once they recommitted to him, he played himself into almost being a Heisman fan, finalist type guy, and they ended up playing for a national or get, losing to Michigan in the national semifinal. But um, that so much of that was what he did offensively and how he moved on the fly. And um, everybody I've talked to is really, really high on Tommy Reese, so I, I think that's a very good one as well. Um, anything else from from Coach that jumped out to you over the last couple of days since yesterday, Kels? I'm trying to, um, the conversation we had actually about just um, tweaking offenses and just kind mm-hmm. of, and, and the offensive game in general moving forward, I thought really stood out to me. And just, um, it was funny because like somebody asked him about like, oh, like, how do you want to see the offense? Like, in the in the league change he was like well I'm not going to tell you because then that would you know give away what we're doing (laughs) but it just was cool to see the way that you know they are obviously like always looking forward to the future and how they can um be better and I think it's really cool that they're that's where they're focusing at is how you can tweak the offense make changes like with personnel um, find different avenues. And he said, too, that he you know talks to Jim Schwartz a lot, which makes mm-hmm. sense of you pick Jim's brain to see what defenses are doing against offenses to make your offense better. And yeah. I thought that was really interesting, especially you see how we saw last year how and in his whole career, but how good our defense was and how good Jim is in those moments. And so being able to pick his brain to then – make your offense better is just going to make it that much stronger so that really stood out to me um and I also like to you know I got a chance to ask him just about developing draft picks and you know looking because of our situation you know their situation where we have they have a second third two fifths two sixths and a seventh so these later draft picks like obviously there's so the names here people are focusing on the first round the quarterbacks um those top guys but for the Browns like that's not where they're at and so this is a really good opportunity for them to get face time with these guys that are later in later rounds, you know, maybe and get to know them more personally. And yes, it's a short window of time in these interviews and meetings, but it's that face time that I think is super valuable. That's kind of starts that trend is like, you know, they're here and then they can bring guys in for um, those 30 visits or they do Zoom calls and, and then you get to pro days and then you get to the draft. And I think all of those opportunities really lend itself to then win a b and then make their 
picks, they have a good idea. And so um, yeah. it just was, like, really interesting to talk about how the development of later draft picks, how, you know, yes, they're a second, third, fifth round guy, but they can get production out of them and they can be contributors on the field in, you know, in a, in their rookie season, in a couple of seasons, et cetera, like we've seen, you know, last year and everything. And so um, hearing that perspective, I think, was really interesting, especially just considering their situation and where they are in the draft this year. To your point, they have to. They have to hit on yeah. those guys. They have to hit on some of those guys because 100%. we can't pay everybody. <laughs> you know, we're, we're having to pay a lot of people. And, and that's what happens when you draft good players and they develop into great players and pro bowlers and all of that stuff. Like, everybody has to get paid, and you can't keep everybody. And so you need to find a Dewan Jones. You need to find those type of players who can become – Donovan Peoples-Jones is a great example of it. It was a guy who was a real contributor in his time here. It's a sixth-round pick. So that's you ha- – you're not – not everyone's going to be that – not every sixth-round pick's going to be that good, but some of them need to be mm-hmm. because otherwise you can't build a roster in this league the way that the salary cap uh, is built. Great stuff, Kels. Good talking to you. Thanks. Appreciate it. Very good. And you'll have uh, the interview with uh, Jordan Reed coming up in the second hour of the program. Don't miss Billy Joel and Rod Stewart. They're together for the first time. It's Friday, September 13th. Gibby, I'm not sure if you're aware of this. It's at Cleveland Brown Stadium. I was not. The tickets are on sale I've heard right rumors. Now. You can get them right now. You visit clevelandbrownstadium.com, and then it's you have to put in slash Billy and Rod 2024 for more information. If you do that, you then can buy tickets for Billy Joel and Rod Stewart. They're together for the first time ever, Friday, September 13th. It's Billy He's Joel and Rod Griff's Stewart. Griff's mind. He didn't know. No. He didn't know. He knows he had now. no idea. Well, now he does. We're he also educated. now, hopefully he knows after ride, after birding with me on, on Tuesday night, he now understands the importance of getting off of a bad bird and upgrading your bird. He is aware. He, he has talked about this nonstop. He, it might have been the highlight of his combine. I I don't know what has been big on social for us, but I'm telling you, if you had video on that, that wins. That wins. You want a viral moment? Next you want year. your clicks? Well, I won't be there, but Griff can. And I'll be there in spirit. Like you could you okay. could FaceTime me as he's All right. as he's going. If you FaceTime sure. me. Sure. We'll see you here next year. No, you will not. Yes, you <laughs> did. <laughs> Kels, good stuff. Great uh, We got uh, 10 takeaways, uh, some of the highlights from the co- – again, it's been a quiet week, uh, but we'll get into some of the news that was made this week coming up next. You'll listen to Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by BallyBet, sports betting partner, your Cleveland Browns, now live in Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by BallyBet, now live in Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. When a medical mistake causes your injury, call the medical malpractice attorneys at 1-800-ELK-OHIO. Elk and Elk is a proud partner of your Cleveland Browns. Uh, some news from the comment. As we mentioned, it's, it's, they're not a ton. <laughs> uh, in fact, the 10 takeaways from NFL.com uh, from the combine and, and some of the availabilities. Um, where, where do you stand with some of this stuff, Gibby? What, what, what seemed – what caused – to me, again, it's, I, I hate to be repetitive, but it, it really is bears, 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 and then I would say it's next, it's Broncos. So, yeah, I mean, that's – I think what's flying under the radar, and this was on NFL.com, and I tend to agree with it, um, that it looks like Chris Jones is finished in Kansas City. You know, they want to keep him, but now they're going to – it's reported the Chiefs granted uh, corner Legereus Sneed permission to seek a trade with the idea that they would use the non-exclusive franchise tag to, like, work out a deal which would make Jones a free agent. Yeah, I don't, it was interesting. Like they had that um, 
you know, at the parade, he's like, I'm going to be a chief forever or whatever. Like, there's enough yeah. money. If you're them, like, you have to keep him. He's yes. dominant. Like, you have to keep him in the You mix. won because of your defense and yeah. Patrick Mahomes, obviously. Sure, but, yeah. No, but that defense that. was the best that it had ever been under Mahomes and Andy Reid. Yeah. No, so, no doubt. Spags is awesome. Yeah, and you're going to get rid of Legarius Sneed, which I was like, wow, that's two big corner pieces. You can't afford to pay anybody? Because remember, when Mahomes signed that deal, it was very cap-friendly. Oh, my God. Now it looks incredibly cap-friendly. It's $40 yeah. million a year. Yeah. It was 10 so, years, 400 so it's $40 million a year. Right now, that's nothing. That's correct. That's like what Baker's going to get. Yeah. You know? <laughs> it's nothing. So, unless they're trying to work out a, a redo or a new deal, but oh. I mean, number number two, the Ryan Pohl should trade Justin Fields. Yeah, I know, he, and what? he's gonna, he will. He, I, I didn't. Understand what are you gonna their... get for him though? So, you know, in the conversation we ha- I had with Chris Rose yesterday, when, and he knows the Rams really well, and he talked about how like does that fit? What does Fields fit? What they want because they're going to run the McVay offense. So does can Fields do that? Because that's really not what he is. What he he's a runner and a deep thrower. So like correct. What does does that work with what they're going to do? And if Atlanta, it seemed to me like Atlanta. The and we said this even before, always hoping that Fields would end up there. It always seemed to me like Cousins is the perfect one for Atlanta. Like he's the perfect table setter and and place setter for for them for whatever they're going to do going forward. Like they could win the South right away with Cousins play. The question is, do the Vikings acquiesce to that? The one thing that is interesting on the Bears, um, and I've heard we, I had several people over there talk about this yesterday, about like Caleb Williams' dad's a problem. Albert Breer mentioned it on a podcast I was listening to on the way home yesterday. Like the dad is the guy who's like, I want a percentage of ownership, like all of this nonsense. Like that's just got to get squashed right away. Like I don't know how emphatically you can say this. The NFL does not lead, need Caleb Williams at all. At Correct. All. He could – play another year at USC, go play in the whatever the XFL, UFL thing is, good luck. They're, they don't – it's fine. The league is fine. They don't – they're not worried about it. So that dude just kind of got to lock it up a little bit if you're to believe everything that's kind of out there on him. Um, but it, to me, like, you're going to trade fields if it's a two – a two. Breer said a second day and a third day. So is that a two and a four? Is it a three and a six? You know, how does that deal get done? How quickly? Watch out maybe for New England on that. Sure. Maybe that's absolutely Uh, just a couple real quick ones. Uh, It feels like Sean Payton can't wait to see Russell Wilson leave Denver. Mm -hmm. Kirk Cousins still makes the most sense in Minnesota at the right price. Mike Evans is going to want a lot of money. Uh, J.J. McCarthy uh, is showing up as maybe the most intriguing quarterback prospect in this draft. It's because he's throwing. Yeah. Orlovsky did that this morning like he zagged. He was like, I'll take Jaden Daniels over Caleb Williams. Okay. I mean, this happens every year. I mean, yeah. remember we were there a couple of years, like with the Trevor Lawrence, and it was like, oh, Zach Wilson's better than Trevor Lawrence. Some teams have him graded higher. Okay, stop. Like, it's stop. Yep, exactly. Stop with the nonsense. So, I mean, there were a couple other ones, but nothing crazy. I mean, Philadelphia needing to fix their culture. Duh. Yeah. Yeah. They got a problem there. Yeah. Yeah, it certainly seems like it. I miss this. Tom Brady ran a better 40 time at 46 than he did at 22. He posted it this morning, I believe, on social. And they and they had him, at like, you know how they have them paired yeah. next to each other, right? Oh, yeah, he smoked his 22-year-old self. Well, all the lectins. He's not eating lectins anymore. Back in those <laughs> days, he was crushing a lot of lectins. That's what happens. 
<laughs> That's how yeah. all of that goes. Exactly. That's very good. All right, we'll get some perspective from Nick Shook, our old buddy, going to join us coming up next. You're listening to Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by Bally Bet, sports betting partner of Cleveland Browns, now live in Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by Bally Bet, now live in Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. And be part of one of the most passionate fan bases in the NFL. Join Next Gen STM, presented by Ticketmaster, the official waitlist of your Cleveland Browns. Being a Next Gen STM, the best chance to become a season ticket member in future seasons. Visit clevelandbrowns.com slash nextgenSTM to reserve your spot today as we head back to Indy. Our good buddy, NFL Network, NFL.com analyst, Nick Shook, live from Radio Rose, sitting right next to Gibbe. We were lamenting um, kind of the lack of news the last couple of days. You had the big pressers on Chicago, uh, but they were, I mean, we all know they're trading him, but like they were kind of not much to that. The Sean Payton stuff was pretty interesting, but kind of a quiet week so far, right? Yeah, it felt like we went through a number of different pressers and it was just like, all right, well, I can pull that small bit out and do something off of that. I can pull a small bit from here. I can turn this into something that's palatable but it's nothing that's popping there's nothing that's making a ton of headlines you're not seeing the uh the, the espn ticker or whatever with a ton, ton of headlines from here so you're hoping that the 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 player workouts dominate but even a lot of the players haven't said anything super noteworthy and you know what maybe that's just a product of some things are inevitable and we also don't have as many dominant storylines right now and that will transform over time because you know what happens it's, it's Night is always darkest just before the dawn. It's quietest just before the storm. Some <laughs> right. massive trade's going to happen that we didn't see coming. And Great. We'll all have to deal with that. I don't know what it is, and I have no insight on that. But I'm telling you, I've done this long enough. Just when you're getting comfortable with the silence, it all blows up. Can we make sure that it happens, like, not on a Saturday or Sunday? Maybe on a month, like a nice Because don't forget, week. don't forget, like, <laughs> right before free agency a couple of years ago, yeah. our GM goes out and gets – Amari Cooper. Oh, it was yeah. on a Saturday yeah. afternoon. Yeah. Uh, I, mean, or, I mean, this year, in the last six months, we had a coach fired at 1 a.m. Eastern. Right. In the middle of the week. <laughs> Remember that? Yeah. 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 Try to block yeah. that out. Yeah. <laughs> no, there was. It, yeah, you're right. It's, it, there will be some stuff. It does feel like that. Do, do you think the conventionalism over there was the Bears have to do it first? Do you still kind of feel that way, having been in Indy all week, that they've got to do the fields move before everything else kind of reacts to that? Well, it's either that or they lose all leverage. I mean, you, you yeah. can't draft Caleb and have Justin Fields in your roster. What you get is a Baker Mayfield leaving Cleveland situation where you're just trying to get anything for him, and you trade him well after the draft for a fifth-round pick. And mm-hmm. you hope that you get more out of Fields if you're going to move him, which everybody at this point expects him to. You cannot willingly go in there and think that you're going to get anything for him if you have Caleb already on your roster. You've lost all leverage. And I think what you should do and what would be important, helpful to them is to create a little bit of a bidding more. Create a little bit of a race. Make the teams that are interested actually come to the table. Because right now, they could just wait them out. I- ideally, if they think that nobody else is getting in line and is competing for him and the opportunity and they have to outbid somebody, then they could just wait them out. And then suddenly you get them for pennies on the dollar. So, so hopefully bidding that doesn't war, for the Bears. Who, who is the bidding war then? Conventionalism's Holy Atlanta. Yeah. You hear Pittsburgh. You hear yeah. Vegas. Yeah. I, I always say keep an eye out for New England because they can do Yeah, me too. Yeah. You know what I mean? That, like I could see yeah, them doing it. If they gave up a two, you know, a two or a three, it seems like a second and a third day pick is kind of what the standard seems to be for him, if that's what it is. Now, all of a sudden, they could take Marvin at three, and now they transform in, an, in, in a month. You know, you go from not having weapons to having a former first-round pick at quarterback who's got some legs that can make you scared and a generational potentially receiver all in, in 
the matter of a couple of months. So I, yeah, just watch it, out for them a little bit, I think. Yeah, I'm of the belief that he can be reclaimed. I don't think he's that far off. I think it's very much dependent on situation. And the Bears have, you know, unfortunately not put him in a great situation throughout the course of his career. They've asked him to do too much. They haven't surrounded him with proper talent and blocking that he needs. Guys aren't getting open most of the year. They got DJ Moore, and it was a godsend, and they still had nobody else other than Cole Komet that could consistently get open and catch passes. And for a brief period there, it felt like they were turning the corner before he get, suffered that injury. By the time he came back from there, it felt like they'd taken three steps back. He could never get back on track. It's it's the same thing about C.J. Stroud. They're different players with different strengths and weaknesses, right? But C.J. Stroud went to Houston in a situation where he had a franchise left tackle. He had talent at receivers. He had a new coach and an offensive coordinator that were willing to scheme to his strengths. And yes. what did we see as a rookie? He was fantastic. And I think that there is potential for Fields to do that again, but the situation's got to be right. And that's why... I fear that he ends up in the wrong situation at the end of all of this, and then everyone who thinks that he should be out of Chicago is then confirmed in their belief. I agree. I mean, you know he's talented. You saw him in Columbus. I know, dude. I mean, AVPs in New England. I I would. I think that would be a fun. Yeah, that'd be fun. And I think AVP would do right by him. I do. Um, But but we'll see. I the so then the next thing is going to be Russ and (laughs) Sean Payton. (laughs) You can you can only say it so much without saying it, but he pretty much did. Like the, so, the question is, how quick? Where did, are they the JJ McCarthy landing spot? And then, obviously, they're going to be done with with Russ. Where does he go? Is that a Pittsburgh? Is that a what's that look like? The best part of this, though, is the fact that coach is done with him, but then the GM comes out and's like, we haven't gotten any phone calls. They're not going to. Well, he <laughs> so, went first. George right, went but, first. It was like trying to make it act like people were calling. Yeah. And then yeah. Sean came second. It was like, it really doesn't matter. We're going to do something next week. Yeah, because they can't continue at this rate. Like, no. And obviously there's no concessions made on the financial side, which understandable. You sign that contract. If you're Russ, you keep your leverage there. But it's an almost untradeable contract. So somebody's going to force somebody's hand, but they're not going to proceed forward. He got benched because of money last year. They can say it, it was football reasons, but there was a period there where they had reclaimed their season. They'd run off a bunch of wins. Mm-hmm. Russ was good enough in some of those games. He wasn't good enough in the first half of some of the games that followed. They lost a lot of those games. And then suddenly he was benched when they still had an outside shot. That told me it was not as much about football, but about the fact that they knew he wasn't going to be part of their future. And he doesn't command that money anymore, but you're going to have to bite that bullet if you're, if you're the Broncos yeah. of the contract that you signed him to. And, and then at this point, he can go anywhere. I mean, anybody that needs a, a veteran quarterback that's in need, because Denver is one of those places, and they're already moving on. Washington, could they be a place? Please, they need go a quarterback ahead. Go again. to the NFC. You know, there's Great. a, there's a handful of those teams every year. Because was, he wasn't like, bad this year. No, he's, yeah. he was decent. He was, he was like okay at best. 20, yeah. I think it was like 26 touchdowns, seven or eight picks, 67% yeah. completions. Not a lot of nickel dime. Like he the didn't yards hurt per, them. No, yeah. but he didn't hurt them. So, like, in right. a situation like Pittsburgh, like, I don't want him there. But, like, in Pittsburgh where their quarterbacks were hurting them, all of a sudden they have a quarterback who didn't. Now, you, now you're on to something. So that's yeah, the, that's true. Yeah. That's kind of the, the tricky spot. I, let's do one more quarterback, and that's Cousins. Where, where do you what – do what does this look like? The Vikings seem like a team that's kind of in, in, like, the middle of all of it and then not really bad enough to go to the bottom and not good enough to go win at all. This is the one that I, I fear a, a franchise is going to make an overly ambitious decision that they're going to come to regret. And the worst part about it is that every reason as to why they should not make such a decision was just presented to them, and they dealt with it for half of a season. Every week – 
it was, and especially down the back half, once once the Josh Dobbs magic ran out, it was, who are we going to see this week? Nick Mullins? We're going to yeah. see Dobbs. We're going to go to Jaron Hall. And none of them were good enough. They got a up-close-and-personal look at what the future without Kirk Cousins is if they don't have a solid answer there. But they don't have a solid answer there now. Nothing I saw from any of those guys tells me that there's going to be an answer there. And so you have to run it back with the guy. I, Kirk Cousins finished in my top ten in QB index at the end of the year. He played yeah. half the year. Oh, and yeah. he finished there because he was playing some of the best football of his career at the time before he got hurt. He was the only good thing about the Minnesota Vikings for six weeks because they couldn't hang on to the football. He only had a few of those turnovers. They couldn't play defense well enough. He was the only positive silver lining from that team for the first six weeks of the season before they got back on track. And it was a bummer that he didn't finish the season. But you, you don't let that guy go. Sign him to a one-year deal. Sign him mm-hmm. to a two-year deal because you don't have the plan in place. And as we all know, if you don't got a plan, you don't got a shot. No. And as we were talking about Gibby yesterday, like with the else, they also have the Justin Jefferson thing too. Mm-hmm. And Quasey was quick to say, like, look, he's a blue chip. Like, we're not, we can't lose blue chips. Otherwise, what are you yeah, doing? Being a farm but, system from everybody else? Right. But the pressure's on. You may not have that choice if you can't continue to provide things and put things around Justin Jefferson. Yeah. And, and, and the thing is, is that. They actually have a really intriguing core. I was not a fan of the way their roster was set up last year. I thought they were going to take a step back. They kind of exceeded my expectations for a stretch before falling back to earth after they lost Kirk Cousins. But what I like about their roster, there's a lot of young talent there. I think that they they need to figure out running back, but they've got a couple of studs at receiver. The trade for Hawkinson you know, um, worked out pretty well in their favor until he suffered a bit of an injury. Their offensive line's good enough. There's mm-hmm. There's pieces there. But there's no reason to just move on from Kirk Cousins because he's in his mid-30s and he's going to cost you some money. Like you, you run it back until you can't anymore, until something comes along that gives you the opportunity to say, now is the time to transition to a new quarterback. You don't just force that. How much are they kicking themselves for not doing the Jefferson deal last year? Now you got an extra $30 million in cap space. Mm-hmm. His and now the contracts got, continue to rise. His yeah. contract just went <laughs> way up. I mean, the franchise tag's, what, rocket 21 ship. and change? Yeah. 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 So, was, yeah. so. I mean, <laughs> and they got that that boost in the salary cap total, so yeah. that's just going to inflate every contract too. That's what I mean. Like the, yeah. the, that they they cost themselves a lot by not getting that deal done sooner. Um, what do you make of? Let, let's bring it back to to our team that uh, that we talk about on a daily basis. Your Cleveland Browns. Um, that this was such a strange year, and we've, we we talked to the guys about it. That kind of feels like three different seasons all in one yeah. this year for the Browns. Um, but this off season, we just had Kelsey, and I just said, look, like this might as well be last off season. Like I know they're going to get the cap stuff sorted sorted out. I know that they're going to be aggressive in free agency and probably get most of the guys that they want in free agency. That's just what Andrew Barry does, but it just comes back to four. Like, can he get healthy and can he get back to what he was? And that's, that's kind of what this whole off season is going to be about. It almost feels like last year redo. Yeah. It, that's exactly what it feels like. It's, it's funny because you went through so many hurdles and the ups and downs, the highs and lows of this season, the thrill of reaching the playoffs when everything said you shouldn't. And yet you come back to the same point because you only got a little bit of a clue on what you needed a big answer on last year. I mean, the last few games that Deshaun Watson played were some of his best football Mm -hmm. as a Brown. His last game may have been his best game as a Brown. It seemed like he was just starting to turn the corner and settle in and everything was coming together and they'd gotten that big win over Baltimore on the road. And then the season's over. So was it a fluke? 
Is it a tease or is it a sign of things to come? And we are not going to know. How does he heal from having a fractured glenoid? Like, that's not a very common injury. Right. On the throwing shoulder. These are all things that we still have to figure out in boxes that the Browns are going to have to check off along the way. And and we, 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 really, we will not know until week four, really. Mm-hmm. I, at that point, you get a first indicator of whether this is actually going to work out or not, which is a bummer. But I, I thought it was funny, A.B. said uh, a couple days ago, you know, they, they have capped things that they still have to work through and everything else, but I can't keep money in my pocket. You know, he loves to make moves, right? <laughs> no. I love that. He's he's an aggressive upgrader of the roster, and they do have areas that they, they need to address, but I was so impressed by what he did last year. It paid dividends in the defensive line. I think we talked about it a lot mm-hmm. back then. Yeah. And um, I have full faith and confidence that he's going to nail it again and they'll be in a good position again, and it all just comes back to your quarterback. Yeah, it does. And it that's the thing. when you, You're right. They do have – and it, it'll be that defensive line. And I, when I was talking to both him and Kevin this week, I think what last season proved for them is when they were hired – it was about building an organization top to bottom. Yeah. And what they built was true organizational depth Yeah, uh, to be able to draft the way that they've drafted in certain positions. Certainly would want maybe better drafting at receiver, better drafting in the middle of the defensive line. But in, yep. in terms of the corners, the linebackers, the offensive line, I mean, they crushed all of that stuff to the point to where you're playing your fourth and fifth tackles at the end of the season. And they're I mean, holding was, up. And they're holding up. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, that, that speaks to – High-level, deep-end scouting. You know, like you said, organizational depth. But you know what? The beauty of it to me that I have come away with now, not being there every day, but seeing it from afar and then seeing it up close here, you talk about building an organization. It's visible in their personnel department. It's visible when Kevin Stefanski takes the podium and when Andrew Barry steps up there. There's a rapport and an understanding between media and executive that we have not seen in this town in the last 25 years, if we're being completely honest, because those guys only got two to three years at a time before they were gone, the next group was in. They, they don't have to prove themselves. They just got to the playoffs again. Yeah, they lost the playoff game, but they got to the playoffs when they shouldn't have been there, and they do nothing but continue to stay pretty competitive. Kevin Stefanski went from a guy that could have been on the hot seat this year to a guy who is firmly set in his spot with another coach of the year award in his pocket. That is because your organization is strong from top to bottom. And so more than anything, we could talk about roster, and especially at this time of year, Browns fans, I know they love to spend time going down to the nitty-gritty and splitting hairs and really figuring out, oh, what's this scenario, what's this scenario? But you got to sleep a little bit easier at night knowing that the building is no longer burning down like it once did. No, no, no. no. We're Those are in the long rear view. I'll get you out of here on this, my friend. Um, you, you've been going to Indy for a long time, a lot of combine days spent. Give me a place maybe to eat <laughs> or have a cocktail that we don't talk about enough. What's what's some of your person? Is there a personal favorite of yours outside of the ones that we talk about all the time? What jumps out? Um, well, because you always think about uh, Elmo's Prime, Nada. Mm-hmm. Uh, is it Lock Miller's, which is like this hole in the wall kind of restaurant that's yep. uh, next to, behind the Westin, yep. like down an alley. Yes. That place makes a really good Reuben. Go there. It, there might be a kind of a funky smell in the air, and the, the clientele no, is a little they, varied, but go there. Good. It's they a know good what time. they're doing. Oh, yeah. They know what they're doing. Great talking <laughs> to you, buddy. All right. Thanks for having me, man. All right. That's the great Big Shook of the NFL Network and NFL.com uh, joining us uh, from Indianapolis. Uh, Kel's going to go one-on-one with Jordan Reed, ESPN draft analyst, coming up next. You'll listen to Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by BallyBet, now live in Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. 
Don't miss Billy Joel, Ron Stewart together for the first time ever. It's Friday, September 13th, Cleveland Brown Stadium. Tickets are on sale. Visit clevelandbrownstadium.com slash billionrod2024 for more information. Billy Joel, Ron Stewart together for one night only. And now our very own Kelsey Russo, one-on-one with ESPN draft analyst Jordan Reed. Jordan, kind of starting off big picture, what are your overall thoughts about this draft class going in and being able to see them here this week? Well, it is an offensive-centric draft. You know, everybody's going to talk about the quarterbacks at the top of the draft. The wide receiver class, I think, is very, very good. We could see as many as seven go in the first round, which is an astronomically high number. And then offensive tackle. Everybody wants to talk about the offensive tackle class, and rightfully so. It's a really good class. Speaking of quarterbacks, there's talk about, you know, being four to five kind of in that range mm-hmm. going. I guess what are, your, what are your thoughts about this quarterback class specifically and who stands out the most to you about how this could end up in a couple of months? Yeah, well, there's going to be three guys at the top of the draft. Drake May of North Carolina, Caleb Williams, of course, of USC, and then Jay Daniels of LSU. Those are your three guys that you're really going to hear about at the top of the draft. But that fourth guy gets really, really interesting, whether it's J.J. McCarthy of Michigan, Bo Nix of Oregon, Michael Penix of Washington is another name that a lot of scouts like quite a bit. So this quarterback class is really interesting. It just depends on which traits that you like the most with all those guys. Kind of going back to looking at um, positions of strength, positions of weaknesses, Mm -hmm. what stands out about this draft class? Yeah, well, once again, the quarterbacks, receivers, and offensive tackles, it's not a great defensive class. Mm -hmm. I don't think we're going to get a defensive player inside of the top ten, which is something that hasn't happened in a very, very long time. But I like the depth of this cornerback class. And there isn't that Devin Weatherspoon or Derek Stingley or Sauce Gardner. We don't have that type of guy in the top ten. But, you know, mid top 15, 20, late 20s, I think we're going to see a lot of guys fly off of the board. What stands out about the cornerbacks? Well, we got some athletic guys. If you like watching the 40, you better have your stopwatch ready just because these guys are going to fly. Um, Kool-Aid McKinstry is one that I like in the back end of the first round, but there's going to be some other guys that really fly, whether it's Nate Wiggins of Clemson, Tyrion Arnold of Alabama is going to be a really good player, and then Quinion Mitchell of Toledo is an underrated name to watch. Now, shifting to the Browns, um, they have obviously later later picks, but bigger picture, when you evaluate this draft class, what stands out about what could be positions of need um, for the Browns? Well, once again, this is a really strong wide receiver class. I would love to see the Browns add another wide receiver just because they do have some weapons. Amari Cooper was phenomenal last year, but outside of that, um, Elijah Moore was a little bit up and down last year, but I would like to see them add another weapon to the room. So wide receiver, uh, maybe somewhere on day two or day three, they could look to add one. Maybe even early on, um, they could look to add one too. So I think with the Browns, they just need to add another weapon in that room. And then also on the defensive side, edge rusher. They need somebody. They don't have a lot of depth there. Looking at the state of Ohio, um, you know, Marvin Harrison stands out as from OSU. There's a lot of OSU kids here this week, um, but him specifically, what just stands out the way that he is able to have such an impact and him not participating this week, how does that affect um, things moving forward? Well, he's the best player in the draft to me. That's how highly (laughs) I think of Marvin Harrison Jr. Um, He's not going to test here, unfortunately. We'll see what he ends up doing at the pro day. But if he doesn't do anything at pro day, that's completely fine with me. The tape is the tape at this point. But six foot four, 215 pounds, he moves. He has the, he's a big receiver that has the movement skills of a smaller wide receiver. There isn't anything that he can't do. He makes miraculous catches. Um, he sinks his hips really well and gets in and out of his routes. In the end, he has fantastic hand-eye coordination to go up and catch the ball too. Do you think that's there's a there could be a shift, I guess, when it comes to guys not participating this week? Um, or is this maybe a one-off kind of situation because he did participate last year in the Pro Day with, it wasn't eligible, but when he participated with CJ last year. So could that, I don't know, do you see that as a potential change in the future? 
For the higher ranked guys, I can see it becoming a trend just because they're going to tell scouts, just look at the tape and watch what I did throughout the season. There's no reason. Or I don't have anything to gain from performing anything at the combine. I think Marvin definitely is in that tier of players. So I think it's more so of your guys that probably are projected to go somewhere in the top 15 to 20 to where we could see them not participate in the combine moving forward. But day two and day three players, I don't think they're going to be able to afford to do that. Last one, I think, for you. Who's a prospect that you know, maybe is kind of underrated in your in your eyes that could really use this week um, to help his stock and really stand out um, come drafting. Ooh, he put me on the spot. <laughs> um, one name I really like is Ricky Pearsall of Florida. He's one name that I like quite a bit. Transferred over from Arizona State uh, to Florida, and he was an instant impact type of player. And I'm sure you have seen this highlight. You probably haven't noticed it was Ricky Pearsall, but he had a miraculous one-hand catch against UNC Charlotte down the seam, and I think he's going to be able to make those types of plays on the next level. So Florida wide receiver Ricky Pearsall, remember that name. Awesome. Thank you so much, Jordan, for your time. Thank you, as always. All right, there's Kelsey Russo talking to ESPN Draft analyst Jordan Reed. We thank both of them for their contributions there. Z and the Godfather, Vic Carucci, coming up next. You're listening to Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. What up, everyone? It's Lunchbox from the Bobby Bone Show, and I'm here to tell you the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car, like a legendary Camry built for performance and available with all-wheel drive. You can count on your new Camry to get you anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by BallyBet, now live in Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. What a treat. The godfather, the man who birthed Cleveland Browns Daily from his loins and received his official Cleveland Browns Daily hoodie earlier today, the one, the only, the notorious VIC, Vic Carucci. First of all, great to be here and great Great to to have you. you. Secondly, highlight of my combine week is seeing that sweat sweatshirt, that hoodie, which I will wear with great pride. But knowing the backstory, like how this thing has been put, to, and it's not just your average hoodie. This thing's no. got the material. Yeah, there's big even thread like a count, string you can like pull down in the back string. to keep it nice and taut. It's, and I think it, it may have been made in Italy. It or was. Some, you are right. Which is you know perfect for Secured me. Secured <laughs> after a lengthy search. Yeah. By the great Brad Mellon, the I love it. Equipment manager of the year in the National Football League. And he yeah, he sourced it. This is yeah, this is it's like a Nike fashion collab. I Crazy. Mean, don't I mean, take one, it up. Go thing, ahead. Don't wash it. Don't wash That's it. That's what he said. Okay. So wear it and then let it wear <laughs> Don't get any stains on it. Okay. But he so said washing it could air, just yeah, air clean a, it. It's a delicate fabric. Delicate fabric. Yeah. I will treat it. There are only four. I feel special. You should have it. Thank you. There is no CBD without you. Well, you're the Karuchi in the sea. It's. <laughs> I love this. I love being with you. What's going on, man? We're good, man. We're good. When when was the first year you came to the combine? So, oh God, uh, nineteen eighty 
seven ish. It was. I think it was the first year wow. here was like eighty six. I, I hope I'm getting this right. I'm sure someone's googling it, but I want to say it was. It was. No later than probably 87, 88 sounds a little too late. So 87, and there probably were a dozen of us at the Crown Plaza Hotel. The The drill was get a room, get a hotel room, find a place to stay, and then park yourself, camp yourself at the Crown Plaza where the prospects were. It wasn't about what this has turned into with especially like the coaches made available and all that. It was strictly talk to the prospects, which we did, and it was – and and it was so unsophisticated that you'd ask a player to get another player to bring him out to the and we do it in the restaurant of the hotel and hey could you go fetch so and so for us and you know we'd be standing and it would be Len Pascarelli and so, you know, Howard Balzer okay yeah uh, I mean John McClain John John McClain um, Peter King. Peter King you yeah. know they, it was yeah it <laughs> like was a the, lot of lot of OGs at yes, this, at this definitely. group Rick Gosselin uh-huh. um, and and you you really and it was one of those guys who had told me, you know, I said, so what do you got? What do you do in the off season? You go, well, go to the combine. Now, even before that, it was in Dallas. Um, Gil Brandt, of course, uh-huh, the late Gil, great sure. Gil Brandt, um, was a, a the, the godfather of that. And that was the original concept. And even in the early days, uh, yeah, I, I, that's, <laughs> that's a good point. Um, <laughs> the original concept, Nathan, was uh, that this would be the centralized place, number the number one. And, and it's still probably one of the most important elements of it was to get medical yep. information gathered and collected. And that was what the scouts and, and coaches were most concerned about. Like, what, what are we really getting here in, health, in terms of health? Now, again, big uh, for that to be here. And I think over the years, the hospitals in Indiana have, have formed such a great partnership with the people who run this combine. Um, and, and you wonder in some other cities, they've talked about it moving to – maybe back to Dallas, uh, to Los Angeles, yeah, like, to that you'd have out. the same. But it's not – it would never be a centralized. Yeah, that's why it's oh, – great. So you're yeah. approaching your 40th combine. Feels – yeah, something like that. And and it and every – I will say, every year it feels a little bit different because, first of all, you see the changes, especially in the coaching ranks and the team ranks, um, and the media ranks. I mean, we're in this, this massive area, which you asked me back in the 80s, would I have – could I picture something like this uh, however many years later, 30-some-odd years, almost 40 years later? No way. No way I did I see it growing like this. But what would happen is sports writers especially, this is back before it became you know more multimedia. It was growing in that way. But mostly uh, telling, convincing their editors that, you know what, it's a, it's a reasonable spend from the budget to send me here, send me to this event. I'll get you draft prospects that will backload all the stuff we need for the yep. draft. Plus, we'll talk to other people around the league, and we get can gather quotes, and, and it's yeah. content heaven. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I've been – this is probably like 12 for me maybe mm-hmm. in that range. Ten. Well, we had the COVID year, so probably yep. 11. When I first came, it was – the media row was in the concourse of the stadium. Yes, and yeah. there were maybe yeah. a handful of teams that came. Yeah. CBD, we, we, we set up yeah, there, we were right? Set up. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, uh, maybe a handful of, of te- And this was that's the other trend, of course. That you know we're one of the core original Team teams media. that had the had a, had its own uh, radio and and of course video, but um, that too growing. 
added to that. And and then the NFL or the combine organizers realized we don't have enough room for all these people. And it was getting – and I will add this, that uh, more than a few coaches uh, and executives and the occasional team owner that shows up said – necessarily love the idea that it's that convenient for these guys to run us down in the hallway and grab us for interviews here, which of course led to a more organized, I'm pointing in the direction yes. of where those press conferences are, more organized uh, way of doing that. So when you come out here, obviously you're, you've got a, a Bills focus, you have the Browns in your heart. What are, are, are some of the big stories just NFL wide that you're interested in? Because coming here, the thing I like about it the most is, you know, a lot of the information you get happens late at night, right? And you're able to go and talk and, and kind of find things out. So what's yeah. some, what are some of the things that you're interested in? Well, you you hit the key, and that is the networking yeah. uh, ability, and you do get a more relaxed. There's there is no time during a football season when you're going to have the people who make these decisions as relaxed. As, totally. as they're capable of being. Yep. They're, they're the most paranoid humans in the world, football yep. people. We f- I found that out long ago. But uh, capable of kind of chilling a little bit and maybe over an adult beverage somewhere, and you just kick back and have a conversation. It doesn't necessarily have to be a formal interview sure. that you're going to quote uh, the it's person. on the record. But you're, but you're yeah. right. You're getting you're getting good uh, download and, and good uh, background. Um, that's one thing. But as far as the issues are concerned, Nathan, I, I mean, uh, you know, you don't forget that you are here to try to get a feel for the draft. This totally. is usually when most of my homework gets done, or a preliminary homework, to get a best feel. I have, I have, a, I, I can't say that before this I can tell you other than the top line names who are the prospects to look for. But when you're starting to dig deep into into the positions, and you're the, like a team like the Bills that I'm mostly covering. 28th pick you got to really kind of know the depth of say wide receiver well, we don't or pick co- till 52nd so. <laughs> there you go <laughs> it's it's that's even straight year without a first more, round more, pick. more of a more of a challenge but that all said um uh i i think it's getting the depth of that i think um are there going to be some some the competition committee and that's another change that's happened this is the the uh beginning uh, portion of the intense work that they do right through the league meetings. So Sean McDermott, the Bills coach, is on that committee for the first time, and uh, it, and it's been interesting talking to him about what's being discussed in the in those rooms. They've had, I think, they had their third meeting today of this combine, and uh, he ta- he referenced player safety issues, but it was is interesting without revealing too much of the of what's going on behind those closed doors he he, he made a point of bringing up kickoffs yep. and uh, I think we all know that it's a play that's be, been downsized so much or minimized so much that you wonder is it ever going to is it going to be just taken out of the game it sounds like the reverse is happening like which is we want to find a way to make an exciting interesting play more relevant yeah, and it sounds like the XFL rule is possibly is what it, they're looking at because yep. you had a Super Bowl where there were 13 kickoffs and zero were returned. Right, and, right. And, and that's exciting. Devin Hester's getting inducted in the Hall of Fame this year. He's the greatest returner of all and, time. And, you know, as a member of that selection committee, I, I was happy to see that because – He should have been in immediately, he in my opinion. Well, and, and I was happy to see it hap, uh, happen to see it for him, even though it's a different guy. But Steve Tasker for the Buffalo Bills has, in, I think, been a long-overlooked – uh, and there's been a prejudice against special teamers because yep. of 
the amount of uh, or how little they're on the field. And when the decision comes, are you picking a guy who's on the field for five plays versus the guy who's on the play for play on the field for 50 plays? And how do you rectify that in your mind? Well, you know what? It's the impact and the game changing. And he he changed the game. He he influenced how teams uh, functioned in their in their kicking game. Uh, so uh, I'm talking about Tester, but now I think I, I, you could say the same about Tasker. I, now he's in that senior pool, but that might happen. Uh, back to the other thing about what this combine is about. Well, this is real oh, quick. Go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. I, I find this uh, All I right. wanna, Hall oh, of Fame got me thinking. So. All right, sure. You know, Dion was complaining that now there's there are too many people in the Hall of Fame and there should be the special wing for, like, yeah. the best of the best, which – yeah, the, the Hall Hall of Famers and then the Hall oh, of Famers. Right. Yeah. Once you're in the Hall of Famer, you're in the Hall of Fame. That's how I feel. But right. I think one way to conceptualize, if you're trying to think about, and I'm curious to get your take on this, who the best players ever were, is if there were an ultimate game that was played, two 53-man rosters, mm. are you in that game? If you're in that game, to me, you're in the Hall Hall. And if you're yeah. starting in that game, now you're in the Hall 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 Hall. <laughs> Devin Hester from the second that he became eligible to be in the Hall of Fame, right. would have been the first returner chosen in the ultimate football game ever to be played. Right. To me, that means he's got to be in the Hall of Fame immediately. Yes. Uh, no question. And and without um, our, our rules uh, prohibit me from going into any real depth on what was discussed. Sure. But there was a lot of discussion uh, in our meetings. Um, uh, I want about you to this. use that. If, I want and to use the ultimate I, game I, I, discussion. I've, I've made a mental note. Yeah, good. Um, I'm going to call it the Nathan rule. <laughs> uh, and, and look, I, I think everything you just said there, though, is is very true. It, words to that effect came up uh, re, with regard to impact. Obviously, the case was made for him. And then there's point and counterpoint. Okay, uh, back to the how much time do you actually play? How much sure. are you on the field? Um, and are we as a but? But here's the thing about football: the game includes people who who don't have as many snaps as others. That's just part of the game. And I think ultimately the common sense reaction to a discussion about a specialist player is he's as much part of the game as the quarterback. It doesn't, you know. Per Deion Sanders, maybe it doesn't feel like you would put him in the over-the-top hall category, but I'm not down with that at all. I think that's I think that it was a rabble-rousing kind of move. And as a selector, as a voter, look, we get we never get told how great a job we've done to put a class in. We always picked on by the folks who say, "Look at who you left out." The worst night of sleep I get every year, every year is the night before the selection meeting because I know it's not about the criticism, Nathan. It's about the person who's with his family and or or if he's, you know, deceased posthumously, but the family, the friends, the people, and the guy who are who are just calling them heartbroken and devastated is too soft a, a term. Yeah. It's crushing, and you're affecting that when, when they're not voted in. And the, and the last thing I just – want to say also about the voting process i i never see it as who i'm against i'm for it, it remember there's a reduction we start with 25 we get it down to 15 we get it down to the final seven or eight and i'm also on the subcommittee for the coach and contributor category it's a, a dozen of us who vote separate from the 68 or so who are on the selection panel the full selection panel and again i'm not against 
I'm just I'm for these these people. They yeah. don't let us put them all in. And you know what? They all shouldn't be put in as a group because it diminishes what the hall is. Absolutely. I, so. I think it's a fascinating thing, and obviously yeah. I learned a little bit more about it this year with Joe Thomas going in of course. and kind of getting to talk to him about the process and, yeah. and all of that. Oh, and, 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 you know, I can't tell you also how special it feels when you have a personal tie. I mean, being with Joe all the years yeah. I was with the Browns, uh, and, and I remember having a conversation with him in Canton uh, the, the day before the induction ceremony. It was just such a, a special thing. One other thing I want to say about this, though, uh, about the combine, um, the, the 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 tampering that happens, which is uh, which is and it's the wink nod tampering because everybody it's the backbone does it. of it's the combine. The, it's, honestly. It is the backbone of the combine. There you go. Thank you. Because more business is getting done or the groundwork of business is getting done in these days than gets done at any other point. The agents come here ready for, for bear, you know, loaded for bear, ready to, to, to strike, to do something. They, they are setting their game plans for the free agency period. The GMs are doing the same thing. Who can we retain? Who do we need to restructure? Who are we saying goodbye to? Who's going to take a pay cut? Who's going to – whatever it is, um, those conversations happen, and I think the GMs – are are much busier with that than the actual the scouts are the ones in the stands with the yeah let's let's look at his vertical let's look at his forty again. I think sometimes you know. people forget that the league year is in two and a half weeks, right? Three weeks from now. Yeah, the draft's not till the end of April. Correct. Like all the business that really is urgent and was going to even shape what you end up doing in the draft is happening soon. Is happening soon, and it's happening. And and may, I think I always think it's fun that you walk through the various lobbies obviously all these hotels are are interconnected and you can you could stay inside and go into the lobbies of how many different hotels uh from right from here right from this convention center and you just you just drift i i used to always do it do take the i'll probably do it tomorrow the tour of the lobbies just to see who's talking to who yeah. you, you, you know what the conversation is you see drew rosenhaus sitting with whoever, Brandon Bean or whoever the GM is, and oh, I know what they're talking about, and it ain't the weather. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, let's talk a little Bills, yeah. and then we're going to sure. talk a little Browns. Sure, sure. Heartbreaking for the Bills again this year, probably at home, the way that it – just everything about mm -hmm. tough. Where do they go from here? Because it, it's – you know, you have windows, you have guys getting older, especially right. on the defensive side of the ball right. for them. What is that? What's that look like? I feel like with Josh Allen, you're always going to be in the discussion of being able to pry the window open to sure. some degree. Sure. But it feels like there could be a lot of changes on both sides because Diggs, who knows what's going to happen there, and and you know Davis is a free agent and going. I, I think it's going to be a very different looking team. Um, it has to be because right, start the conversation with twenty one or 22 free agents pending free and agents. good ones and and good ones and uh, a guy like a micah hyde who has been a fixture in a secondary how many secondaries how many safety combinations where you had micah hyde and jordan poyer former brown se former brown but seven years together like yeah. that's unfathomable you know when you really look at that and say and even though hyde missed most of last season they still have been the and and even their when they bring them out post game for the news conference, they have to do it together. It's it's like a thing. It's yeah. it's like a, it's their brand. Um, so that change alone would be a big one. Hot, saying goodbye to hype, but overall, going to be very tough. Now the fact that the salary cap went up from a projected what two forty two ish yeah. to two fifty five point four million per team, uh, the gain of that thirteen or so million 
could influence and help the ability of Buffalo to possibly retain some people they might not have been able to. I don't I don't see Gabe, Gabe Davis sticking around as the number two. I think he's going to flirt that market and, and take his shot. To Would he be a money. good guy for Cleveland? Nose Dorsey? I, I think I think there's a, a good matchup and, and has had some of his best football with Dorsey. Dorsey knows how to dial it up for him. Yes, a big guy, uh, athletic guy, maybe not the most consistent concentrated guy but i think each year he might mature and, and i think he's at a point of maturity hard hardest worker you'll ever see okay. this guy from the from draft day he was doing there was video of him doing running routes and working up an incredible like i got tired watching the video of him after he was selected yeah. by the bills um and and then uh yeah you say it with josh allen yes the the the, the window stays open as long as he is their quarterback however uh the defense is going to get is is got some big questions. Tre'Davious White does he come back from that knee? Von Miller is he ever going to be what he was at the beginning uh, of of two seasons ago? Um, uh, you look at uh, Stefan Dix. Uh, his contract is big and is and is I I don't see it as a good fit for a guy whose production tailed off. Now asking Sean, uh, Brandon Bean about it, he says it's business as usual, but I'm I'm not convinced that that's Truly, the case. Yeah. I think something's got to give, and um, asking him to take a pay cut. My guess is he won't love that, yeah. <laughs> and that could be a big problem. But but that wasn't brought up. I, that's me talking. Um, and uh, look, the heart, like you said, the heartbreak. Hey, they got everything they wanted last year, despite a season that at one point looked like they weren't going to make the playoffs. Then they turn into the number two seed. They win their uh, fourth consecutive division title. They get the Chiefs in Buffalo. And the whole story was if you you can't beat the Chiefs in Arrowhead, but you get them in Buffalo, that'll be different. Well, it wasn't different, and but it was the, the way it happened. Diggs dropping a deep pass. Uh, Tyler Bass wide right on a on a make a very makeable distance field goal. Um, those are the things that sting and and will stay with them. So so we'll see. And and by the way, the competition, including the Browns, the competition in the AFC isn't going to get any easier. No, it is, it's loaded. But going back to when you were talking about the Hall and special teamers, Bills maybe win that game without special teams. Hey. And I'll tell you what, the Niners win the Super Bowl without special teams. And do you remember the Monday night season opener against the Jets, how that game ended? That'd special be a, team. That would be a punt return touchdown there from you go. Uh, the kid from Hard Knocks, Xavier Gibson, I want to say maybe yeah. his name was. Yeah, yeah. maybe <laughs> maybe that was yeah. it. No, it was, and, and it was, uh, uh, believe me, Sean McDermott hasn't forgotten that. And uh, honestly, there were coaching staff changes. Now, one of them being, of course, uh, they, they made uh, Bobby Babich, a former Browns assistant, yep. went from linebackers coach to defensive coordinator. I think Sean McDermott will continue to call the signals as he did last season. By the way, I was but, with Bobby last night. I love him. But the, he, he w- I, I've said it while he was with the Browns, and I've, I'll say it again. He's going to be a head coach in this league. He has got the timber so, to be a head coach. No doubt. Anyway. So last night at uh, Prime, yeah. later night, I was walking out and, and saw a lot of familiar faces, and I'm sitting there. Bobby's now a D.C. of the Bills. Yep. Mike McDaniel, head coach of the Dolphins, yep. and Weave, Anthony yep. Weaver, is yeah. the D.C. of the Dolphins. They all were all went, in that 14 staff. All went through Berea. I mean, you know, we're, we're going to go back to Belichick and Saban yeah. and, you know, go yep. through the litany of names, Pioli. Uh, but anyway, I, 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 I brought up the coaching staff change because the one staff change wasn't made with special teams, and I think that is as much as anything needs the most cleaning up. Yeah. 
Well, yeah, because special teams is one of those things that you don't want to talk about. But yeah. if, when you are, it's typically bad. The ball goes off the guy's yeah, foot. You, for the Niners, that gives a touchdown. You miss right. an extra point right. or blocked. That's right. eight points. Decisive. Yeah. We have, could be our guy Kyle also with the Browns on that same 2014 go. staff. Could have got yep. his first Super Bowl. All right, talking about the Browns. Yes. You know, we, we finally got to see in, in the, the second half against the Ravens, Deshaun, that was why they brought him here. Mm-hmm. Flawless leads a come-from-behind victory in Baltimore against a team that, you know, for a portion of the season many people thought was the best team in the NFL. Then he doesn't play again. We get the, right. the wild time with Joe Flacco, but now it's back to Deshaun. And that's why you bring in Ken Dorsey, mm-hmm. try to help him out. We talked about that on Browns Daily. What do you kind of see from this team as some of the things that they've got to do this offseason to be able to take that leap? And I mean, obviously staying healthy can't control that, but to be able to take that leap. Well, they're, they're, as much as it worked out remarkably well, you'd have to say, and, and why I Kevin Stepanski got my Coach of the Year vote, um, as much as you could say that with four different quarterbacks, that can't happen again no. or anything close to the it. The final eight in the NFL, only C.J. Stroud <laughs> missed games, and he was missed two with a concussion. And the only quarterback uh, that can play to, or that needs to play and, and not only play the fullest of seasons, but but take it to that level of what inspired the whole purp- yep. purpose of bringing him aboard yep. is Deshaun Watson. Get you ask me a simple answer to the question, it has to be Watson or bust. It yep. has to be everything about their season is is driving there. Now, uh, they threw an asset at, at it with the Ken Dorsey hiring. Now, I, I also think Alex Van Pelt, I have high regard for him. That's I've great. known him since his, since his rookie year in the NFL as a player with Buffalo. Um, I, I don't th- necessarily know that it was an upgrade at coordinator, but but I, I, I think but I'm going to tell you it's different. That's, That's my point. Is, I don't think in any way yeah. the 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 graph uh, went up ABD. or down. Right. Because I do have great regard also for Ken Dorsey. I also thought when Ken Dorsey was fired by the by the Bills, it it felt a little scapegoatish, a lot scapegoatish. Josh like Allen felt terrible. And, you know, and Josh was crushed because Josh was the reason he got the job, and Josh also was the reason he got fired. And Josh knows it, and he, and he'll probably have a hard time forgiving him, himself for that and wanting it to happen, even if things as things worked out well with Joe Brady. All of that said, back to the to the Browns, Dorsey's uh, learned some valuable lessons about balance offense, and if the right, the sweet spot can be found between getting the max out of Dorsey, as uh, uh, the max out of Watson uh, from Dorsey as the the thrower runner, uh, the 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 thrower on the run, uh, but there will be some running component that he. That I think he designs and designs well. Did it for Cam Newton before yep. he did it for Josh Allen right. as a, a quarterbacks coach in Carolina, and then the running game itself being a presence, being something that takes the pressure off. That all those components are there with the O line, and I have faith that Stefanski uh, can figure that out and, and get it done. But but here here's the other bottom line: can't succumb to the feeling of pressure the pressure cooker that is this season, the stakes being what they are. And when and the realization of that and sometimes the thought of that, and even if everybody says the right thing, we know what we're doing, it's no different than – it is different. It, it, if, I mean, we can say it from the outside. They may not necessarily want to acknowledge it, they being the coach, the GM, the whole works. As long as they manage that as well as – you know, well, manage it well, and then everything else within the team and – you, you get some breaks with health, um, there's no reason 
to, to, to think that the Browns couldn't be competing for a division title and, and a deep playoff run from a division that is pretty balanced. I mean, do we do we look at the Ravens with fear? Do we say they can't? No, they can they can hang they can play with any of those teams, and I think they can play with any team in the entire conference. Yeah, and it's I a believe. loaded conference, and it's this a loaded is, conference. You've covered the league for a long time. It, it feels like when you look around the AFC, it, it's as good as it's maybe ever been. I and and I love that because. What 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 make part of what makes us say that is the C.J. Stroud's factor in Houston. Seeing young quarterbacks emerge. Not sure what's going to happen with with Pittsburgh, but we sure as heck know a healthy Joe Burrow in Cincinnati. Look what that means. Right. Again, we know um, what you know what the Browns have. We know what the Ravens have. And and there's oh yeah that MVP quarterback uh, in in Lamar. And then Josh Allen. And 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 I'm, I can't believe I'm mentioning them. Not necessarily last, but well, the Chiefs aren't going anywhere, no. and they're going to be just as. Why does Andy Reid? He's Andy Reid is going to. I'm making a little prediction here. Okay. Going to be signing a contract extension soon, I believe, he'll, and rightfully so. And and what a shock! You know, Super Bowl winner gets a contract extension. He's he at 65 has no desire to do anything except what he's doing, and why he's got a 28 year old uh, freak as a quarterback who's going to be a freak for at least possibly another 10 years. And you got to tip your cap to him, too, for and really their whole organization for realizing that they had to change who they were. They they yeah. became a defensive kind of bully team. Reinvented themselves. Yeah, which is incredible. And that speaks to not only the wisdom and, and intelligence of a head coach, but selling that idea to your team. And Think the Mahomes, about, you're, not, you're throwing for 450 you, yards every game. You convince this quarterback, um, some days you're going to be the caddy to the defense. Really? Mr. You know, Mr. Dominant Super Bowl MVP, as great a quarterback as I've ever seen. And I'll, I'll you know, in the whole juxtaposition of Tom Brady and and uh, Patrick Mahomes, that conversation's real. I mean, the, there, there are more pelts on the Brady wall, but the, but it's it's not just pelts. It's what you see, what your eyes tell you that, oh, my God, he can do it. And, and, and coming to the realization, he doesn't have to throw for 400 yards and four touchdowns every game. Sometimes, and most of the time it is, make two or three more plays than the other team. And that's, he, and that's and he what they will. did. And then when he needed to, we needed to get a field goal to get in the overtime. He needed Boom. to touch on win it. Boom. And, you know, and, and the same no thing you say about Brady – Give him the ball last, you're probably going to lose at your own peril. <laughs> it's your right. own peril. at your own peril. Yeah, yeah. A remarkable, remarkable season and a, a great Super Bowl win. And again, it sets up as you talk about in this AFC, just loaded. And that's when, and not to mention in in the Bills division, maybe oh. Aaron Rodgers is coming back. May, you know, may and and if he maybe will get more than four plays. And if he comes back and plays, say five or six. No, if he comes back and and gets gets gives them the full season. Um, they're a force. That is, they're, they, they've got to be uh, yeah. considered a force. They, I think they've got a lot of other issues and, and problems to overcome uh, that are not Rodgers-related necessarily. And Rodgers himself identified the culture thing in the building that he didn't like. So that's got to change. And I don't know if is that starting from – you know, is that emanating from the top? If it is, might not be as fixable. But I'll, I'll buy that m- more of Rodgers gives them a chance. And, oh, by the way, don't sleep on the Miami Dolphins. The great Peter King retiring – uh, the other day, announcing that retirement, and and read and, uh, his column, uh, and it was another of his masterpieces, his his outgoing column. He, in there, he mentions that the the team he's he's 
looking out for the team that he thinks he's got an eye on is the Dolphins. And he mentions it because of the brilliance of their head coach yep. that he sees just – he he brought he he used an anecdote of a sp- specific play he saw that you would think was innocuous in a game, but he brought it up to him, and it was a weird use of most motion or something pre-snap, and and uh, McDaniel hears this and, and kind of says like, why did you pick that out? Like like, were you reading our? You got cameras and microphones yep. in our building because the the what made that play so special? It goes back to like eighty something years at uh, from the college level. That, that he pulled that play and says, if I, dis- I I put this together, and it was specifically against New England that it worked because he said, what what has Bill Belichick not seen? You got to fool, you got to give him something that he might say, and he, and I guess as Peter mentioned in pre-snap, the the Patriots defense was doing like, wait, what is what What's are they happening? doing? What's yeah. happening over here? And Peter tells a wonderful story, much better than I just told it, but it's a great sto- great part of that count. Anyway, what a treat. An absolute pleasure. Same here. Absolute Same pleasure here. to be with you. Well, oh, loved it. We loved love you. Love you too. Thanks. Love all you guys. You, Jason Gibbs, my whole crew, Bo. Uh, the, the, you know, j- just seeing it, it. It always feels like coming back home, even when it is. Home, even when it's a remote home in Indiana. This is you've all you, you've always got the the Uncle Victor suite. Yeah, <laughs> it's always reserved for you. Thanks love so it. much, man. Right. Appreciate it. All right, buddy. All right, great stuff from Z and Vic on that. We are back tomorrow. The next level is coming up next. Thanks for listening, everybody. Cleveland Browns Daily, 850 ESPN Cleveland. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome.